You're listening to The Melting Podcast, a writing variety show featuring a little of everything from everyone, everywhere. I hope you're hungry because it's time for episode 96 of The Melting Podcast. Who are you? I'm your head chef, A.F. Grappen. I'm your grill mistress, Erin Kazmark. And welcome to the chef's table. Oh, we belong here. Well, it's our table. Yes. Yes. And by our, I mean it's the chef's table segment where we... On our podcast. Yeah, the the thing you're listening to. We're professionals. No. Yes. No. Yes, we're very professionals. Wow. No. So, Aaron. Yes. What are chef's tables? It's ours. We're at it right now. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I mean the segment. Panels. Yes. There. I did my part. Uh, the chef's table are panels from conventions that we go to on writing, audio, editing, the creative process. Mm-hmm. Oh, no. The process. <laughs> the process. This one's a little bit different in that it's not really talking about writing so much as it is just talking about us. But also our creative process got touched on in this interview. Yeah, so so here's what happened. We went to Balticon 2019, <laughs> and a wonderful friend of ours, wonderful editor, writer, and creative enabler, uh, Sue Bayman, asked us if we'd be interested in being interviewed for a project she was calling Muse On. It's kind of like an inside the actor studio, but for creatives. Mm-hmm. And uh, we said yes. Yes, we did. And you know what? I don't regret it. No. Because that is probably one of the most fun interviews ever. I agree. And the thing is, the the listeners that we have who are not Patreon backers haven't heard the interviews that have been of us in the Patreon backer only episodes. Ooh, Ooh. yeah. You're missing out on stuff. So, you know, go back us on Patreon to get access to those. Let's see. That's us interviewing each other. Mm-hmm. This is someone else interviewing you and I together. Yeah, it's a mess. Just a bit. Yeah. So, um, enjoy. Bon appetit. The only criticism I got from my earlier interviews was that I need to introduce myself. And I thought, well, it's not about me. And I don't need to introduce myself to you guys. So we're skipping that. <laughs> <laughs> Who are you? But introduce yourself for audio listeners in the future. Oh, I'll do that in the, in the intro. Well, but, but what about if we play this on the Melting Podcast and we don't have your intro? <gasps> oh, that's true, because you're recording yes. it, too. Yeah. Hi, I'm Sue Bayman. Hi, Sue Hi, Bayman. Sue. <laughs> um, I do lots of different creative things, from knitting to drawing to photography, music, poetry, editing, and now apparently podcasting. <laughs> um, the idea for this came about because I wanted to do a podcast literally for years, because all of my best friends do podcasts, and I felt like I had nothing to say. And then I realized that one of the things I really enjoy is, A, finding out what, how people approach creativity and art and inspiration. Um, and I love just talking to people and finding out what are those life experiences that have added together to form who they are now. Because it's usually weird. Yeah. I was going to say, that could be a very weird, very long story. <laughs> yes. Um, and so it hit me the one day that, Inside the Actor's Studio. Mm-hmm. It's a show that did that, you know, or does that, with famous actors and directors. And I love that style. Yeah. Yeah. And wouldn't it be cool if I did that with 
non-actor, you know, creative people mm-hmm. who maybe aren't so famous yet. Yeah. But I can yes. still get an interview with them. Yes. <laughs> um, and of course I hit up John and said, Hey, I have this crazy idea <laughs> and I want to use hour and a half segments instead of an hour. Cause I want time to edit down and have questions and whatever. Yeah. And I've already developed my own Proust or Proust questionnaire. Yeah. And I want to do three, two sections back to back for programming. So like, this is the first year I haven't been on any panels. I'm not yeah. moderating anything. It's just this. And I've been the happiest ever. This is like amazing. That's great. I yeah. love that. Um, so with me today are Gus and Aaron. Hello. Who do the melting podcast as podcast? Podcast, yes. I have, I have to be pedantic. As well, that's okay. As well <laughs> as make fabulous chainmail creations. Um, I'm wearing one that Jakey made me. But to say, I was like, that's not one of mine. No, Jakey, Jakey made that. <laughs> Good. Um, so, and it, it's. I joke that it's kind of like a therapy session, but not for me, for you, because I kind of start with, <laughs> we see it tell, all me, started. tell me about your mother. Um, okay, so she's got a fro. <laughs> your mom. But it's actually more like, where where did you grow up? What yeah. kind of family, and how did that influence your creativity? Okay, so um, I, I was born in Iowa. I'm sorry. Um, I well, was born in 22 log cabins. <laughs> <laughs> um, but we moved to Tennessee right before I turned five. Um, my mom, staunch Catholic her entire life, so I grew up in a Catholic family. <laughs> Again, <laughs> Which, I'm, I'm sorry. Oh, God. Recovering I'm, I'm, I'm recovering. I'm okay. recovering. As long as you're recovering. Um, yeah, it, uh, it just the whole time I had a lo- very love-hate relationship with Catholicism. Um, and, and I'm still, at almost 35 years old, struggling with a lot of it. Um Middle of three kids, the cutest of three kids. Agreed. Yeah. I have uh, no did, reason to know you're precious. You. Never got to grow up with pets other than fish. Oh, I'm sorry. I know, right? So yeah, I guess that's like some of the weirdest stuff about my upbringing. Your origin story. My origin story. I got my superpowers when I was the... When you met me. Yeah. <laughs> so what about you, Erin? Well, Where did you start I was, out? I was born in Kokomo, Indiana. Okay. No, not like the Beach Boys song. That's the nice Kokomo. I'm from the corn Kokomo. Corn um, Kokomo. Corn Kokomo. Uh, we moved down to Tennessee with all of the people from the Midwest with the big GM surge when the factories opened up down south. So okay. mm-hmm. I've lived in Tennessee since I was six. Um, and I grew up in a performing family. My mother is a singer and a pianist and plays the flute and the guitar and got me into theater and dance from the time I was little. Oh, you I had no choice then? Not really. She no. was doomed. But I've been performing in some way or another since I was a kid and it's never going to stop because I like drama, but not, <laughs> I like stage drama, not real life drama. But um, I also, I started knitting when I was about 11 or 12, started sewing sooner than that. And it's just snowballed. I, sn- I sew, snow, I snow. <laughs> I sew, Only I knit, I crochet, <laughs> shit. Sew, knit, crochet, I do cross stitch, um... I do the chain mail. Um, I can't draw for crap, but um, performing arts has always been kind of the outlet because it lets you step into other people's shoes, and it's come in handy for me at some of the hardest times in my life. That would terrify me. It You would think it would in a way, but I have a harder time being me on a panel like this, and just I'm not performing. This is just me. When I can step into someone else's shoes, people can dislike the character and I'm fine with it because that's not really me. They're not really disliking me. Basically, she likes being a chronic liar. Yes. 
but I'm a terrible <laughs> actor. It's funny. I'm a good actress, but I'm a terrible liar. Mm-hmm. In real, I am a horrible liar. I can't lie. But uh, but no, some of the hardest times in my life, I have turned to performance. And it's been like a therapy session, losing myself in this other character and solving their problems for them through the performance. Mm-hmm. And it makes it easier to deal with my own. Okay. So, so a little bit of transference there. A little bit of transference there. Yeah. I also um, really enjoyed my psychology classes in college. So breaking down the psychology of why I feel this way and breaking down Gus psychologically has been great. Oh, it's been <laughs> a, a hoot. <laughs> All kinds of creating and creativity have been part of my life from day one. Now, at what age and what circumstances did you two meet? Um, I was 15, she was 12, and it was through community theater. My first thought was, what is that? (laughs) (laughs) I'm not kidding. That was my first thought upon seeing Gus is, what is that? Mm -hmm. And I always knew, even before Gus really could put a term to it, that Gus was non-gender conforming. I knew saying she was wrong. But I felt uncomfortable saying he because I felt like the boxes of he and she didn't fit Gus. So I avoided using pronouns with Gus for years, but we met in theater. Mm-hmm. We met through doing theater. I was actually friends with his older brother. Yep. For years before I ever realized they were related. Yeah. <laughs> Gus's mom was my ice cream lady in elementary school. Uh-huh. I had all these other connections yep. before Gus and I connected, mm-hmm. but it was when we were 15. I was, when I was, I was 15. I was, oh, when, when we actually when became we, friends. When we were working on a show, I was stage managing, Gus was in it, that we just kind of went, you know what? I like you. We click. Yeah. Let's go listen to music in your basement. Yeah. But then I was Aww. but then I was 18. I graduated from high school. I was taking a year off between high school and college. So I was still involved in the community theater. I was working mm-hmm. at uh, the movie theater in town. And so I had... You smelled like butter all I the time. I smelled like butter all the time. <laughs> <laughs> That's not necessarily a bad thing. That's not necessarily a good thing either. Well, yeah. I mean, <laughs> because it's movie theater butter, not uh, real butter. <laughs> it's, it's, it's yellow oil. Okay, now too. Yeah, Thanks. Yeah, no problem. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that's like I said. Yeah, she knew my brother. You met my brother first, and then you met my mom. And my no, little, I met your mom first. You met, oh, that's right. Met my mom first, then my my brother, and I think my little sister before you jumped met me. at me a lot. Yeah, because my sister is five and a half years younger than me. So you know, I'm eighteen, she's twelve. So she's that exuberant preteen social butterfly that I'm not. Even to this day, I'm not a twelve year old social butterfly. I was never one. <laughs> No, I was a twelve-year-old awkward glasses nerd, um, but yeah. So she met three, you know, three fifths of my family before she ever met me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You, you, you were my last resort. Well, both our moms <laughs> had hoped that you and my brother would end up together. Yeah, actually tried to set us up. Yeah, that didn't happen. It didn't happen. No, we 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 love each other very much, but it's very platonic. Yeah. But I, I'm an honorary grappin. Oh God, yeah. I was the weekend child uh, when Tony, Gus's older brother, got married. I was the. They had a professional photographer. I was their unofficial photographer. Just we're family. She got the candid shots and everything. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, we're we're family. We have been for a very long time. Yeah. Uh, Gus is actually my children's godparent. Mm-hmm. So. And I was uh, one of your groomsmen. One of my groomsmen. Actually, you introduced me to Theo. I introduced her to her husband. Oh, so. So now, did you guys go to college together? No. Same place? Different no, place? No. Um, I went to school um, in Murfreesboro, so not far from where we grew up, an hour away from where we grew up, um, for music theory and composition. I was at Murray State in Kentucky. For dance Uh-oh. and theater. And English. And English. And, uh, <laughs> but with her having been um, dual enrolled in high school and gotten some college credits, and my taking a year off between high school and college, our, our college careers actually, yeah, they overlapped better. 
And I was on staff. And yeah, and I was on staff as a tutor in one of the freshman dorms my junior year of college. And I'm just chilling out in the lobby, like the first week of classes. And this one freshman is just bothering the crap out of the, the desk assistant with just bullshit. <laughs> and, this, and this other guy who's just who's a, a transfer student, so he's not actually a freshman, but he's in the freshman dorm, is sitting there. And the two of us are just laughing at this moron freshman. And I, I ended up just saying, hey, I, I have to stay down here for another two hours for my quote-unquote tutoring time. But I've got Munchkin up in my room. If you want me to go grab it, we can play cards down here. He's like, okay. The next day I texted Aaron and said, hey, you've got to meet this guy. <laughs> and that was how he and that was Theo that and was Theo the day we met was the day we got together because we, we had talked online for a month because Gus said you two need to meet friended each other on Facebook back when Facebook was still very young mm-hmm. and got to talking realized we were both homeschooled um, we both did two years at a community college before transferring to four year colleges we had all this stuff in common we even had when we were homeschooled we had the same umbrella school that you submit all your paperwork and everything to they supervise for the state and all that you know, we had both moved to Tennessee at around six years old, just to different parts. We had all this stuff in common, and we were both in theater. And I'm, this, if you guys haven't heard of Theo, can sing. Yeah, that boy. Can I sing. mean, he can sing. But uh, but we were talking online for a month, and we're both at the same time going, "Man, this is really something." And we were both. I was Gus's best friend, so he's like, "Okay, if Gus is best friends with her, she's got to be great." We met, and that was that. Gus picked my husband. Mm-hmm. My children are Gus's fault. Still waiting for her to reciprocate, not for I'm her trying. husband, though. Hey, I have exacting <laughs> standards. She does. She's actually gone over the application process with me of how If to anybody wants my to girlfriend. date Gus, they got to go through me. Yeah. This is stipulation. That's awesome. So, what happened after college? What What did you? What were your first jobs? Um, <laughs> well, my first job was the movie theater, but after college. Because I actually ended up, uh, I had to take one class after my four full years. I had one class to actually graduate, and I was like, I'm not living on campus for that. And it was sociology. So I was fortunate enough to be able to get a a session of it that was just one day a week for three hours. So it wasn't too terrible. So we moved back to Columbia. Uh, We were living with our parents, respectively. Yeah. And then it was in September, uh, August or September, when we were finally like, you know, let's just... I I had stepped away from college. They were changing Mm -hmm. my department and taking away so much from my major. And it was to the point where it wasn't going to be worth it. Mm -hmm. So I was like, you know what? I'd rather have practical life experience. I'm going to move home. I'm going to get a couple of jobs, start saving money. Um, I knew Theo was the one. So I knew we were going to get engaged eventually, which we did eight months after we met. Um, <laughs> but, uh, still took us two and a half years to get married, but, but so I had moved back home. I was working three jobs. I worked at a coffee shop and at a restaurant and in the, we worked at the same restaurant. We worked at the same restaurant. So we worked together. We, there. Got, we got interviewed together. We got hired together and got almost, trained every single, together. almost every single shift we were, they we knew worked we were together. a good team. We worked well together. Oh, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. But, um, and I was also working at an insurance company in the claims department. So I had three jobs, but it had gotten to the point with my parents where I was I was used to being out on my own. I had been on my own for a year in college. Doing my, and I was never a wild child. It's like, yeah, I drank when I was underage, but I would never drive. That it was never in public. But <laughs> I, I, even, even the things I was wild about, I was extremely safe about. I never took unnecessary risks. And I was the oldest. And it was hard for my parents to, to let go. I mean, you're a mom. Uh, and you I was understand. the oldest, too. Yeah, so first of all, girls. But um, 
And I was getting sick of the, why are you coming home at 1am? Like, well, because I worked a double shift at the restaurant and closed. We didn't close till 11 and I still had cleanup and all the, I was kind of getting tired of the, like the clinginess. Movie. So we moved out and got an apartment together. <laughs> So that's what happened mm-hmm. after college. Yeah, my dad would cover for me. And you know, what was funny is because she mentioned underage drinking. That totally wasn't my fault. But it's like, yeah. Yay for but this, here's the thing. Here's the thing. I didn't drink. I just got her alcohol. <laughs> I did. And watched me. Let's just say it's a her. good thing social media wasn't what it is now yeah. at that time. There would have been oh, so God. many Facebook so lives. Hi, yes, guys. But, no, 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 I do drink now. But I, I didn't. I just hadn't found a taste or anything. But also, you like cheap beer. No, my the you, okay, beer okay, was not just, cheap. Okay, the vodka just, was. You just you just liked beer, and I, I do not like beer. So, but the beer was not what no, was cheap. The but vodka yeah. was. <laughs> but yeah, so we lived together for a couple of years. Mm-hmm. It was right before you and Theo actually got married that I moved into an apartment across the walkway. <laughs> so but, a little bit of personal space. because we're joined at the hip, and then when they got pregnant with their first. Um, we they moved, moved to another, another building in another, the apartment complex. Yeah, so they got a flat instead of a, a studio. God, those short moves are a bitch. They are. They, they They're are. Because you don't take the time country. to pack. They are. And yeah, then no, when, and then you're moving forever. Yeah. yeah. And then... Especially when I was six, seven months pregnant yeah. at the time. So at that point, I was working at a bank. <laughs> I'm sorry. I worked at the bank for three years, um, but it, it at least kept, at least made me, you know, gave me the ability to have an apartment on my own. And I was full time at the most amazing coffee stand with the most oh. amazing bosses you will ever meet. They paid me more than they should have, and coffee. were so flexible. We got all the coffee we wanted for free. That was when I started drinking coffee. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's the part time gig Veronica needs. Uh-huh. <laughs> it was. I am such a coffee snob. Because I know how it's supposed to be made. And I am so picky about it. And, and Gus used to roll his eyes at me for it until I made bad shots, espresso shots. One day I said, taste this. Now taste this. And made the good man have them properly layered all this. And goes, oh. Oh, it does make a difference. I get it. It's like, yeah. Best part of waking up is when Aaron brews your cup. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, so we. But then I got pregnant with my second, mm-hmm. and, and hubby po- got a better job. Yeah, at that point, that was where Theo and I ended up getting jobs together because he had applied. <laughs> at, he had applied um, at a call center for Verizon, and uh, you know I was really sick of the bank because in a position where I should have been doing twenty five percent of the work, I was doing more like sixty percent, and so I was getting sick of being treated like shit. So I applied to Verizon. Um, we had our interviews. Um, on like uh, close to the same day on the same day we both got accepted but i ended up in a different department than him so i started a month before he did but we were working at the same call center <laughs> and it got to the point with the commute where we were like okay mm-hmm. we need to move well that was when he ended up going to he, he moved over to murfreesboro center yeah so that commute that was went the from commute, like a 40 minute we commute couldn't afford a, the gas yeah an hour-long commute every single day. That was one way. Because yeah. this was in 20... This was 2012. 12, yes. And so we were like, okay, we need to move. We can afford a monthly mortgage, but we couldn't afford the upfront costs of buying a house right. and all this. So like renting a writer. Enter Gus. I, on the other hand, could afford a big lump sum, but I couldn't afford a mortgage. I had so savings. So we had that. a tenant. Renting a room from us for several years, we all moved up together. Well, eight days after we moved into that house... I gave birth. <laughs> Do you hear that I, was the second? That was number two. That was number two. That was her number that two. That was number two. She, uh, she waited till I had finished wrapping all the Christmas presents, and that 
And the next morning at 2 a.m., it was time to have a baby. Mm -hmm. It's like, okay, let's do this. (laughs) (laughs) But living together was what got me started into, by started, I mean roped into to podcasting. Into the podcast. And coming to my first Balticon. Gus was like, okay, you know one person who's going to be there. It was Dave. Dave Robinson. Dave Robinson. Because Robinson. I met him through the theater that I met earlier. Yeah, we... Because he and I were in a production of 12 Angry Men together. I did not know that. Yes, yeah. he was number eight. I was number through, 11. We met him through, <laughs> through community theater. So we actually knew him mm-hmm. personally. So how close do you guys live to him? Um, we... Okay... We grew up in Columbia. Spring Hill is like the next town up, and it's maybe a 25-minute drive, yeah, depending on where you Yeah, we lived like 25 minutes away. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Be jealous. Guys. Yeah, so I actually met Dave Envious. on stage. Oh, wow. I can't imagine meeting Dave on stage. But, I know. That so, voice. He's so the reason Dave, I podcast. So Dave talk, told Gus about Balticon, and, and you had been listening to some of the podcasts. And you because kind of, of a 40-minute commute kind of who you would be mm-hmm. meeting. It was like, I don't know if I want to go alone. That's a long drive up to Baltimore. And I was like, well, I'm a stay-at-home mom. I need a break from my fucking kids. And she doesn't want to leave me alone in large groups of people. I'm like, you're my best friend. Clingy, clingy, clingy. So I'm like, all right, I'll go with you. <laughs> best decision I ever made. Mm-hmm. I found family here. Yeah, because it was uh, it was a year after that that we started the Melting Podcast. Yeah, that's it was on the, the way question home. Was, when did you start that? Um, it, it official. Okay, I wanted to start it... In, okay, give me a second. I got to do math. Hang on, because we it was officially launched in 2014. It was at the end of 20. It was in the middle of 2013 that I wanted that I started to conceive of it and actually started to like poke at other podcasters for potential submissions. And Scott was, Rush being one of the early ones. And it was on the way home from Balticon 2014 that you were that I was finally spitballing ideas with me and figuring out, okay, yeah, that variety we were, show and that we that we were finally, you know, I had a very basic microphone set up, had a basic idea of what I wanted to do. And its official launch date is August 1st, 2014, because that's my 30th birthday. <laughs> so I will never forget. I didn't realize you were a Leo as well. My name is August 1st Grappin. August 1st. That's what the AF stands for. <laughs> <laughs> you get it now. Oh, yes, yeah, I'm August 6th. That's a great day, but it's not as good as the first. I know. It's, it's not as good as Halloween. Leo Power. That's my birthday. Yeah. Be Come on, Leo Power. <laughs> there we go. But yeah, so August 1st, 2014, my 30th birthday was the podcast's uh, birth, initial birthing day. And so we were approaching its It was fifth just birthday. as painful as natural childbirth. It was, pretty, it was pretty bad. It wasn't until about episode three or four that Aaron really got involved. So the when first you couple... basically sat me down in your room in front of the microphone, handed me a script and said, let's pop your voice acting cherry. Mm-hmm. Took me a long time to get started after that because I was laughing so hard. Yeah, <laughs> it was just I feel so weird. <laughs> I'm hooked. Now, had you guys collaborated on anything creatively before that? Oh God, yes. Shows, plays, books, books stories, all this, all kinds all of stuff. stuff. Um, I, I am Gus's creative touchstone. Touchstone, brick wall to bounce ideas off of creative mm-hmm. conscience. Just like, okay, you've got too many things. You need to put something on the back burner because this is suffering. Mm-hmm. I'm an enabler. I'm an enabler. Oh, I'm an editor. I am a beta reader. She I'm an alpha reader. Uh, I am. That's my favorite job title is being creative enabler. Yeah, I, I am number one cheerleader. Mm-hmm. I, I've been telling Gus for years, please. Please put your stuff out there. It will be well received. Please put it out there. And gee, what's happening now? All these books. Don't you have a book launch tonight? Yes, at Gee. seven o'clock in the club lounge. Ding. 
Um, is that the room down on the ground floor where they took away that area? Or no, that? that's upstairs on the 12th floor. Okay. Yeah. But yeah, so we, we've always been each other's creative mm-hmm. enablers and encouragers. Like, I'm the that. reason she has kids and a husband. I know. So, so, I, so I literal her, creativity. I, I'm I so crafty, I make people. <laughs> I mean, come on. Yeah. I'm done now. Because yeah. <laughs> three is enough, isn't it? And I'm sure there are times you can blame for that, too. That's not always a good thing. <laughs> her, her middle child and I really understand each other because, like I said, I'm a middle child. Yeah. And she, her being an oldest and Theo being a youngest, they don't oh, get perfect. their All middle child. All three of my kids well. have someone to relate to. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. That's so. Awesome. Yeah, we definitely creatively collaborated, and as, as the podcast went on, it was initially it was Gus's podcast. That mm-hmm. that was how it started. It, it was Gus's. I didn't quite get it necessarily. It, okay, to, to back up just a little bit, I am a person who makes shit happen. I want something to happen. I'm gonna do it. And Erin is always uh, so. I'm always constantly coming to her with like, I want to do this. She's like, like, okay. okay. And then I do it, and she's like, oh. I mean, oh, I get it now. Yeah, because I mean, I started I started books. I, I discovered NaNoWriMo. That was one of them. I was like, you know, I'm I, I have fed podcast. Gus and texted, have you gone to the bathroom? Have you showered through so many NaNoWriMo's? Mm-hmm. Um, My first child but, was born during a NaNoWriMo. Yeah, she was. <laughs> um, but, like, she's always had this little bit of trepidation just because she doesn't start stuff like I do. I'm a catalyst. It's like, once I see how something works... I'm willing to get in yeah. on it. Well, but well, I'm, so I'm we have not... a leader-follower relationship. Well, even so, Which is funny because that's only when it comes to that kind of creative stuff. Right. In the rest of life, I'm more of the leader. Mm-hmm. Okay. We, we balance. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, I mean, even when I told you, you know, I'm going to start running for my health, you were extremely skeptical. Mostly just because I knew what a pansy you used to be when your back would hurt. <laughs> and I, knew I have back problems in high school. And I knew how many health problems you'd had. And I was worried that it was going to aggravate it and make it worse. Instead I was of worried. It better, right? I was yeah. worried you were going to burn yourself out and end up with an injury, and then feel like you had failed, and then give up on it. And I didn't want to see you give mm. up on it. Fun fact: My longest run to date without stopping for a walk break is eight point one miles. Nice, That's more than I've done. <laughs> so yeah, it's about. <laughs> 8.05 miles longer than I even do anything. But 8.1, and the only reason I remember that is because my birthday is on 8.1. Uh, 8.1. <laughs> it was not intentional. But, but yeah, so it just I've always been the one who's like, you know, I've got this crazy idea. I'm the, I'm the crazy get rich quick scheme character Gus, from my second. Gus is the bungee jumper. I am. And then and then and then when the, no. and then when there's the recoil that comes back up, I'm like, okay, I've seen that it'll work. I'll go too. Yeah. I'll I, I'll oh, follow there. I'm, I'm always supporting no. from behind, but I'm like, I'm gonna if you're crazy Are you giving enough, a push too. I've done that too. She's done that. But I'm like, if you're crazy enough to want to try this, I'm going to support you. I'm here for you. You first. Mm-hmm. If it works, okay, I'll join you. I'll join you. If not, she's going to laugh at me. I've been known down. to throw funds to say, you want to start this? I don't know if I'm into it, but here you go. Have some money and start it. Mm-hmm. Just, I, I do like to be that support person. And then if it's something I'm interested in, I'll join. If not, it's still the creative bouncing ideas off of. And, right. and I'm happy to take It's still something seat. to be supportive yeah. about. It's still something to be supportive about whether I'm involved in it or not. Mm-hmm. But so Gus dragged me into the podcast. I mean, invited me to be a guest voice on the podcast. <laughs> and, and I got bit by the bug. I saw what Gus had been seeing. Like, oh, this is cool. Okay. So then I started having more ideas and present. And Gus like, yes, yes. Okay, I need a female voice for the Will You Please Do that? And I got bitten, and that's how I eventually became a co host. And that's the rest of the way And the rest is history. <laughs> but I'm still in the deferential seat when it comes to that. We say co host, but Gus's title is the head chef. It is still 
I'm Gus's a, podcast. I'm the producer. So that's... You're the producer. You're the one in charge. You do casting. Things. I pretty much, Gus hands me a script and I read it. Yeah. I, I do as I'm told. That's <laughs> I, fun, though. I, I, it, it is. Honestly, it's a lot less pressure if Gus is willing to take the pressure. <laughs> cool. So how did having the kids and all living together impact your well, we have creative lived, relationship? We have lived together. Okay, the creative relationship would not have been able to happen if we hadn't been living together at the time. Mm-hmm. Because it was just convenient. Like, okay, they're napping. Let's hurry up. Throw the blanket over <laughs> your head in the box for sound dampening. Get this done. It got a little interesting when I had to do um, the Osiris Osiris story and had to let out like the scream. The scream? Wait, a scream like a train steam whistle. Is what I was supposed to be doing. I was a demon. I was a demon. She was a bar guest. Yeah. And uh, and I'm trying to do this and trying to get this very weird, descri- weirdly described sound out of my body. Because your third was a baby. No, that was when Maggie was still was a that baby. Was that was that long ago. Holy shit. And we, we had trouble getting her to you know sleep. Ever. No, it wasn't because we had podcast didn't start till 2014. She was born in 2012. It was Lachlan. It must okay. Maybe well, he didn't like sleep either. Um, <laughs> but uh, most of them don't, sadly. Yeah, no, my first did. She was easy, little fucker. But uh, I'm saying I'm trying to keep my voice down because God forbid I wake up the baby. But I'm trying to get this noise out, and I'm sitting. Here, <laughs> but there's so much fun that fact, Fun fact, she has sneezed like that before. <laughs> in my defense, I was wearing a corset and I was sitting in the car, so it was pressing on my diaphragm, which could not expand. So it came out, <laughs> But no, so so doing the podcast would not have been able to happen. Okay, ah, tinnitus. Um, would not have been able to happen if we hadn't been living together just because my time was so limited because of the kids. So if we had had been living separately, travel time, I mean, I was a stay-at-home mom. Theo was working insane, like 2 p.m. to like 11 p.m., and he was working like half an hour away from us. Mm. So doing things after the kids went to bed, I wouldn't have been able to leave the house to record because my kids were home, my husband was at work. It it was such a good thing that we lived together at Mm -hmm. that point. And We've lived together twice mm-hmm. at different times. And, of course, it close quarters cause stress on the best of relationships. I oh, mean, sure. anybody who's been married more than five minutes will tell you that. <laughs> that you can be in the honeymoon phase and you love each other. So you still want to just strangle each other sometimes. I say this as someone who's been married for ten years. <laughs> but we're planning on living together again. Mm-hmm. You oh, know, yeah, we need to... Because oh, two, two years ago... Um, right before the the Wednesday, oh. the Sunday before we came to Balticon, her house flooded. Oh, I remember that. The water main burst in my master toilet from the wall behind and completely and, flooded the master bedroom and bathroom, the other bedrooms at the end of the hallway, going down the hallway. Like 11 at night was when I noticed it because I was going to bed because I had to go to work in the morning. And we, were, yeah. we ended up being out of the house for 14 weeks. But that was the end of Gus living with us because at that point my son was a year old. He needed mm-hmm. to not be sleeping in a crib in my room anymore. My girls were sharing room. The only other bedroom was the one Gus was in. We had outgrown the house at mm-hmm. that point. So the flood happening was kind of the the kicker and just yep. like, okay, Gus so, found an apartment. So Yeah, so I got an apartment in <laughs> – it is a quarter mile from the college I went to. <laughs> um, I have been there for, it'll be uh, two years in July is how long I've been in that apartment and I am so ready to be out it's, it's been nice though now because now that the kids are older and Theo's working a more human schedule 
me being able to go down there, and Gus's massive master closet has been perfect for recording. Mm-hmm. Except my so, neighbors aren't. Well. Every time we're on the last page of a story or the last, like, two minutes of what we need to record, shower. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or banging something around in the kitchen or something like that. Really? Yep. But it's, it's actually helped with recording in that regard now that the kids are older mm-hmm. and I'm able to go down there and keep that separate. Yeah. But, but uh, yeah, we're planning to... Now we now just my family itself has kind of started to outgrow this only thirteen hundred square foot house that it's just. But we're talking about moving somewhere and having like a finished basement or mother in law apartment type thing for Gus, because um, you know in in this economy and all this sort of thing, it, it's not made. It's not for, pro- it's not profitable to be single. No, I'm aware. Yeah. And, and that little bit of extra boost help on the mortgage and everything is always going to be helpful for us. And I would much rather be paying rent to pay their mortgage than some random person's. Well, and, and it also gives you its family. Exactly. It's family. Gus is family. Gus mm-hmm. is, is my sibling. And Gus babysitter. Is my, and, and my babies. <laughs> yeah. My, ba- my babies, my son. He's almost three. If he hasn't seen Gus in more than a couple of days, just, where's my buddy? He gets no. so upset when I'm he buddy. hasn't had his Gus. Aww. And it is the saddest thing, but it's also a practical thing for us to live together now that we've got the chainmail business, mm-hmm. and now that we're becoming more equal partners. Again, it was Gus decided. How that, I was like, how did yeah. I, I remember when you started doing it, but I didn't know what what caused you to look into that and go, ooh. Okay, the chainmail started. Okay, the Tennessee Renaissance Festival is every weekend in May plus Memorial Day. I the first time I went went high school nineteen ninety nine. Just fell in love with it and have been going every year since. Uh, seven years ago, I think, eight, seven or eight years ago, there was a, uh, a crafter there who made uh, masquerade masks. And I fell in love with one that was a, a dragon snout. And it was in green, black, and gold, which green, black, and silver are my favorite colors, but it was close enough. I bought this mask. I'm like, I'm going to do some sort of like a dragonkin cosplay. Because you have a best friend who sews. Because I have a best friend who sews. And sew for you. And I was like, so I wanted just an outfit that I could get like just some patches of scale mail and have those on it. So it wouldn't be a full scale outfit, but it'd be suggestive of it. So I Googled, found a supplier and found ways to make scale mail, got a couple of supplies, made a couple of patches, and then that was it. And I sewed them onto a costume and it was like, hey, yay, yeah. I tried scale mail. Woo. Yeah. And that was it. And then it was about a year, year and a half later, I was actually cleaning my room, which is the one I was renting from her at the time that we were in the house. Um, and I just happened upon what was left of the scale and everything. And I was like, you know, I, I never really did anything with this, but I had fun with that little project. Ended up going to the craft, sco- craft store, bought some cheap-ass jump rings. These were they ones were s- that were so soft, I could fold them by hand. Instead of having to use pliers, mm-hmm. better that you could just... And that evening, I just went and found a tutorial and made my first bracelet. And just fell in love with it. Because I've because ha- all of my hobbies, with, with the podcast and with writing, which I've been doing since I was 11, um, you know, work is all on... Everything's on a computer. I am very fidgety. I need to be doing something with my hands. Can't just sit and I watch can't, a movie. I can't just can't. sit and watch a movie. I need to be doing something. I needed something that wasn't looking at a computer. Chainmail made sense. I've tried I've tried sculpting. I've tried drawing. I've tried fiber arts. Should have arts. seen trying cross-stitch. Oh, that was hilarious. I have no patience for fiber arts. Sitting there. Oh, even knitting? Yeah. Oh, no, knitting was I, I tried cross-stitch. to teach knitting. Nope. That was a bad afternoon. <laughs> it's not doing it, Erin. It, it, it was not doing it. It's like, well, it's because um, your tension. I don't get. Here's my tension. Yeah. Um, but chainmail clicked, <laughs> and so I just started 
buying supplies and, and with me sitting here going oh, oh pretty colors hey i don't get it but Wait, you what are you gonna do right. yeah, we're, we're doing this and then we're watching dancing with the stars <laughs> and that's because that's what we were watching when i was when i was started making this and it just kept on expanding and then like a, like a year or so after i first started doing it um scott pond had his co-op vendor table here at balticon and i rented a corner of the table from him and I remember it that just, year. It just, yeah, that was that the was the year she, I was pregnant, and I was due like within a couple of weeks of mm-hmm. Altcon. My girls had come early, so I was like, I probably shouldn't travel just in case he comes early, like his sisters did. No, we were afraid she would give birth till, in Baltimore. Yeah, the little shit didn't come till a week after his due date. So <laughs> a month he, after Baltimore. <laughs> yeah, so I was like, I could have been there. I would have been miserable, but I could have been there. Mm-hmm. So that was the first time Gus was selling chainmail, and I'm saying like. I still don't get it, but it's cool. So I was like, okay, well, you can make me something like this. That, that's pretty cool. And then the next year was when I was we we were the ones running the co-op with Charlie Brown. Mm-hmm. And I was mostly I just there to be a pretty face and to help sell things. I, I hadn't gotten really into the chainmail mail yet. I knew enough to be able to make a bracelet smaller if I needed to. That that was you all. Can I take knew. out some links if you I can to. take out some links mm-hmm. if I need to, and I can sell it. She can sell it, but she's got the boobs. And the saleswoman personality. Yeah, she does. <laughs> I know when to shut up and just let a customer look. <laughs> and it's it's just it's just grown. We 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 added three more cons this well, year. You got me started before. Let's see, it was the December before last Balticon that I started doing a little more. You were just like, I need more bracelets. Mm-hmm. I need more just just the same weave and just some different colors so that I've got more stock. And I was like, All right, fine, I'll help. Teach me one weave at a time, and I'll just spend a week making them in these colors. And I kind of got hooked from there. <laughs> so we got to that Balticon. I was doing enough. I knew like three or four weaves by heart that I could just sit and work on. This was uh, this was la- yeah, this was last Balticon that I was just like, okay, I can do this. You know, I, I know enough weaves. I, I can add on some of this. I can sell it. I know enough about it. I can talk about the materials. And so I was becoming an apprentice. I got bitten because I offered to help build stock. That's At what point did you figure out that you could make like solid oh, like the, tapestries? The, the inlays? That was me. Well, Was you, that when you were doing you your, the, the thing you made for... Your no, logo? No, no, God, that was actually pretty far along in the. Uh, what happened is I, I had started doing the chainmail, and I was like, you know, I'd seen a couple of random photos where people had made designs because there was colors, and I was like, that's cool. So she's a Tolkien fanatic, and her birthday was coming up. I was like, I bet I could somehow make a picture of the Even Star in chainmail. So I literally had a picture of the even star, and I was just kind of eyeballing it. I didn't have anything even resembling a pattern. I I wasn't see knowing cross stitch at that point would have come in handy. Yeah, we use cross stitch. We, we, we use that now, um, but I, I had no real touchstones in the in the chainmail community. I, I had I was just fumbling along on my own. I had tutorials, and that was basically it. So I I ended up making my first inlay. Like I said, just kind of eyeballing it, and it turned out okay. I still have it. She still has it. Um, and then I was like, I really enjoyed this, but I wonder, but I, I wonder if there's a way I could make patterns. And there actually is a program called, um, IGP, a regular grid painter that you can take a picture and upload it, upload, upload it, and it will turn it into a chainmail pattern with the actually can see how the links will overlap and everything. Oh, wow. I hate it. Okay. 
I started it's doing overly complicated. It's overly complicated for me. I don't read it well, um, but I realized that I could do it with pixelated patterns. It's a grid. I could do and it with, just use graph paper. Uh, yeah, basically. I could do. Yeah, I use um, Microsoft Paint. Okay. Microsoft and just Paint zoom in and the grid feature. Yeah, zoom in 800%, turn on grid lines, boom. Actually, my first one that I did in the grid, I did in Excel. Okay. I, I did, I, I just had to make them into boxes and, <laughs> and did the, the, just the fill in the cell colors. But yeah. And it just kind of kept happening. And Gus knows if I like a chainmail piece, I will take it and I put it not on my face. It goes on her face. Because I love the way, it's a sensory thing. I love the way it feels. It's cold. So if I like it, I put it on my face. So I had said all, <laughs> all of last Balticon, I was like selling all of all of the stuff. I'm like, I actually made these bracelets. This is so cool. Yay. And then looking at the inlay art, I'm like, I don't know if this is something I would ever be able to do. I don't know if this is where my talents would lie. And I'm selling all the best stuff. So it was like a month or two after Balticon. I had, I had made my first, um, some people call them slave bracelets, but hand flower. And I had done it in the, the, the weave that we use for the, uh, the inlays. It's European foreign one. So it's, when you think of chainmail, that's the weave you like the, the, think of. Like just the armor, the shirts and everything. That's, that's European you foreign of. one. That's what you think of. Um, <clears throat> I had made my first, and it has just a simple, just a triangle design. I'm like, okay, I can see how you figure out patterns. And again, I completely eyeballed it. I wasn't sure what I was doing. Gus was just like, go then. Try this. You can do it. Fly, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. Gus was a mama bird in the nest, kicking the newly hatched baby out, going, spread them wings and fly. I'm going to work. Flap, flap you. Flap, flap, bitch. Um, and I'm doing this, and I'm like, wait a minute. I see how this works. Suddenly something clicked, and I'm like, okay. I got out graph paper. And colored pencils. And I found a perler pattern online, perler beads, and I drew it out on the graph paper, and I'm like, I think I know how this inlay thing works. It was so a I, flower. It was a flower. It was just earth. And I made my first inlay. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> shit. <laughs> was pretty much my reaction, because as soon as I did that, I was looking up patterns for more. And within, like, two months, I had three inlays that I had made, and I was planning several more. And now I have... A 25,000 ring inlay of the Disney castle with fireworks that I did less than a year after getting serious about chainmail. All because of that. <laughs> All because of this thing. To be fair, my biggest is 29,707 rings. But who's counting? Literally, Gus is. Quite literally. I'm waiting to break that 30K. Yeah. <laughs> but that one hangs in my living room. But it, it, it all came about for me because I, I offered to help. I was like, it was still something that I didn't quite get. I appreciated it. I thought it was super cool. But I, I just, I was like, I don't know about this pliers. I don't get the math of it. You know, the diameter of the rings. How do you know which rings you use for which we've now? This is all second nature to me. But I offered to help Gus with building stock. I started shit. And now I'm flipping him off daily every time I make a new ring order because I'm like, ooh, I could do this and I can make that. And this is really shiny. Have you seen this? Ooh, you need more of this the and day, this stock. The day I introduced her to Swarovski crystals. <laughs> and doing all of the captures that I do with the Swarovski crystals. I've, I, I've made myself rings and earrings. I have a whole set. I am going to make myself a stainless steel and Swarovski tiara, guys. Okay? Yeah, that, is, that is actually planned. I it is one. planned. I'm making myself a full set with collar, cuffs, tiara, rings. It is going to be happening. It will be elegant as fuck. Putting in my <laughs> order for a matching set of pink. Okay. Ooh. Okay. Ooh, and that great. one wants to hire you for something. I don't know what. Yeah. Tell me. Just reach out to us, Jake. 
But it's like so much of our creativity and all the stuff, one of us has started and gotten the other into and just... Now, are there things where you've been the one to start and say, come do this? I don't know about start. I mean, I was the dancer. Mm -hmm. Gus took a tap class and what, social dancing? I took tap and social class in college. Um, But I've choreographed for Gus. Oh, no, I know what I got you into. I made you do fight choreography for shows. Yes, yes. She got me into I needed sword fights. And Gus had taken... As one does. Yeah, I needed sword fights in a show. And Gus had taken uh, fencing. I took fencing, and I took a little just, bit of martial arts when I was Yeah, there. just for fun. And so I was like, I need a fight choreographer. So I got Gus into doing fight choreography for shows for me. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Um, I got you into assistant directing when I was directing mm-hmm. a show as a teenager. Yep. Um, I got you into, you know, being a godparent. Yeah, he actually got me to remotely. I got you into knowing how to change a diaper. I've done it six times in my life, never again. <laughs> <laughs> but you know how. She got me to the point where I could actually hold a baby. Mm-hmm. I'm not a baby person. I'm a her baby person and my nephews. I, I, the only babies I've ever enjoyed or wanted to hold are my own. Babies love me, though, and it mm-hmm. weirds the crap out of me. I love babies I can give back. I mm-hmm. absolutely love babies that I can hand back to their parents now that she, I'm done having babies. She got me my first cat. Yep, I got you your first cat. Yep, well, after we'd been living together for about a month, one of her co-workers... It's like, I already had a cat in our apartment. That's my smoke. I've had her since I was 17. I still have her. She is spry as anything. She She's the matriarch of our family. She's my first baby. but uh, And she she knows it, too. Mm-hmm. But uh, a co-worker of mine found two kittens under her deck, and uh, one of them was fighting off a possum. To protect the other. To protect the other one. Aww. So uh, we got those two little little sister kittens. Oh, you got both of them? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I kept I was, one, okay. and Gus kept the other. Still have them. We they still are, have them. They'll be twelve in August. Oh wow! That's my it's my rainy, my rainy mustache, and my, my my mustache Hitler kitten. She does. She has a mustache. <laughs> she, has a, she has a Hitler mustache. So does mine, but hers is more of a French gray sort and of it's mustache. Kind of, goatee kind of a deal whole. Rainy's just got their mustache. But. Yeah. You need to get out of here early. What time do you need to go? Um, just a little bit before dealer room closes so I can go really What time tea. is that? I, it closes at 7. So we've got oh, just, just a couple minutes early. Yeah, yeah, just, yeah. Just, okay. just like 10-15 minutes early. Yeah. Okay. Um, but yeah, I got you into that. I got you into coffee. Yeah, she got me into coffee. Got she got me into alcohol. Coffee. But when it, when it comes to the big stuff... <laughs> she gets me into vices. <laughs> <laughs> she so gives her honestly, art and she gives you vices. Honestly, she gets me to live. When mm-hmm. you when you really put that, because I could so easily be a hermit, which is so weird. Because when we get out into things like Balticon, I'm more social. I I am an ambivert. If I it's it's a blend of an extrovert and an introvert. I have a social meter that once it is full, once I have reached this, I shut down, and I and I need to be alone to recharge. You put me in a situation where I am comfortable where I know people and I feel confident. I am the most outgoing person you will ever meet. I will talk your leg off. I will be your best friend. You put me in a situation where I don't know anybody, where I, I don't know where I am. I have the worst social anxiety. See, I would just consider that an introvert who she's, can relax around friends. See, that's, and that's, they, that's, that's like, very that's much like, what I am. They classify like, that as an ambivert. Yeah, okay, yeah, I, yeah, I like she's actually, about myself today. She's on the introvert side of ambivert. I'm on the extrovert side of ambivert. I, I could be the same way. I would be I on the introverted side, but I'm I don't the same way. seek out social interaction as often as Gus does. I am extremely selective about like just day to day. Let's go hang out. It's the only person I do that with. 
other than my husband, my family, mm-hmm. if, if I have friends come into town that I haven't seen in a long time. But when it comes to just day-to-day hanging out, seeing us on the and weekends is, is more than enough to fill my social meter. But when I'm here, th- this recharges me for the year. I, that, <laughs> it's like, okay, I'm tired. Can I stop talking to people now? Right there with you. <laughs> yes, it's mm-hmm. like, I, 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 to a certain degree, I have to drag her to the Cards Against Humanity game. But when she's there, she has Once fun. I'm there, I'm fine. I just know how tired I'm going to be after. Mm-hmm. I, I get pre-tired. Yeah. That's how my social anxiety works. <laughs> I get pre-tired. I know how much something's going to drain me, and I dread it. But when I'm there, I have the time of my life. I just and I don't regret with, it. I just bribe her with alcohol. Beer? What? <laughs> Ooh. I don't know. My, 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 my brain went sideways for a minute on questions. Um, talk about the writing that you guys do both for the podcast as well as, now do you does, do you write everything for the podcast oh no no we write as little for we the podcast as we can for it. and you get submissions yeah mm-hmm. we, we try to it, it's not about us the stuff we'll use it to feed the masses um <laughs> boy if that's not Pavlovian um no <laughs> I'm not gonna talk about it um but I gotta just shut up for a minute so no we try to write as little for the podcast as we can because it's not about us we are here to we're, we're there to showcase everybody else and just the writing craft in general it's the point of it being a variety show now it we, can't be variety if it all comes from us yes now we have written for the podcast there are occasions where some of the stuff the story. where you got more than that I have two you got at least you took a couple stuff the fires you did the refrigerator okay. story you did I thought I only did the refrigerator you story more than that um, but no, there are, there are occasions when one of the prompts will just kind of speak to us and we realize that we're really low on submissions. I'll be like, hey, I need you to write something. Or if we want to do an episode that has three Stoke the Fires all about the same prompts just because of time and all this. Mm-hmm. But we realize we only have two. I just poke us and say, yeah, write one. Yeah, we'll, 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 we'll just whip shit out. Um, but also for the Patreon backer episode, we, just because we don't want to box anybody into where it's only paid content... Those are generally my main ingredient stories. Those are st- stories that I've done. Usually, that are in a, that. It's like if we're going to produce someone else's stuff, we want it to be in an outlet where anyone can hear it. Yeah. Give them the dreaded word exposure. Yeah. So I'm so I'm the one who's <laughs> like kind of taking the. Yeah, not everybody can hear my stuff, but the people who really care can. Oh. Um, no, I mean, no, really just, the, the, the Patreons, just the patrons, you know, they're yeah. the ones who, they, they are, they are so they're already invested. invested. Yeah. yeah, exactly. They're already invested. But yeah, the podcast, you know, we, we, we do the primary narration, voice acting, all of that. We, we do call people in whenever we need more voices or whenever we just want to, whenever we can. Yeah, we, I mean, Dave Robinson's been on there. T and Pip have been on there. My brother's been on there. Your mom has been on there. Yeah, my mom even did one Her mom us. did a voice <laughs> for it. It was amazing. She says it's been one of the strangest experiences of her life was acting for the microphone. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, just we we like I said, it's just not about us. Yeah. If, if it were, it'd be like the melting Gus cast, and who would the fuck would want to listen to that? <laughs> I don't want to picture you melting. That's it's a little weird. Um, now, what about your what about your writing though? I've been writing since middle school. Well, I was around eleven or twelve when I first started writing short stories, and they were gems with such titles as "My Best Friend Exploded Last Week." <laughs> and the Kung Fu Cockroaches, which was a that sound pretty awesome, actually. which was an urban fantasy parody of like the of like the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the Kung Fu Cockroaches, and oh, they were horrible. <laughs> I bet you they weren't as bad as you think. Oh, I remember bits and pieces. They were pretty bad. <laughs> but uh, 
there were there was some subplot in my best friend exploded last week. Bless, bless you. you, where like some mad scientist was trying to cross one of the main characters with the DNA of an amoeba. That was definitely <laughs> not good. <laughs> um, like the kung fu cockroaches, like there were eight of them and not just four, and their weapons included a squirt gun and a seed wrapped in a band aid. <laughs> so yeah, a it was what in a what a seed wrapped in a band aid. That's like. I guess it might have been a projectile. Bludgeon? I don't. With? I don't know. Okay. That's this just... is the gust that I had to deal with yeah. for years. <laughs> I, I've tamed it a bit. <laughs> but yeah, so I'm writing all through middle school, high school, college um, is when I started writing, actually, really seriously writing novels. And uh, it was 2009. I discovered NaNoWriMo, and that was where my first book in Pedago came from. And, and Pedagogy came out in 2010, and it's a first novel. You can tell. Um, and it was uh, my first time actually mm-hmm. editing and something that was going into print, and you can tell. Now, I will say <laughs> that I did not do the NaNoWriMo thing where I wrote the book in November and sent it to somebody in December. It didn't come out until September the following year. It actually had a couple more passes, so it, 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 it was a learning experience. But now I've got um, The Trials of Halleck, which is my epic poem. I've got... Um, Mere Acquaintances, which that one was actually, I called it my blogject. I was planning to write a novel and post it on my blog chapter by chapter, just one chapter a week. And this meant it was not going to be able to have any editing. It was intended to be a, you read the first draft. You can see what the process is like. Uh, you can see an absolutely, uh, a raw piece of art. Mm-hmm. And so that's how it's released. That's how it's intended to be viewed. Um, and then I've got uh, my other novels. I've got Star Signs, which was the novel, the first one that I actually um, workshopped on the Roundtable podcast. That I edited. Yes, you did. I love that book. <laughs> Thank you very much. Uh, I'm, I'm very proud of it. Uh, I'm, I actually did recorded the first eight chapters for audiobook, and then I haven't done anything else on it for over a year or so. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then I've got Criminal from Birth, which is sitting right in front of me, which is... My favorite which, that Gus has ever written. Which was actually my 2010 uh, NaNoWriMo project, which didn't come out until last year, because it's been through so many iterations. Yeah, this is the NaNoWriMo that you were working on when my daughter was born. Yes. So when my firstborn was coming yes. into the world, Gus was working on that. And then I've also oh, wow. got and then I've also got the Deadly Studies series, which is nearing completion. Yes. Um, <laughs> that's my series of novellas uh, based in John Walker Statford verse. Mm-hmm. Book nine just came out at the beginning of this month. Book ten, I'm about halfway done with the first draft. It will be out in September. And then books six through ten will be released in a dead tree version at the end of the year, and then that series is done. So like yeah. like Done full stop. Done full stop. <laughs> it was supposed to be seven books. It's now ten. It's I done. didn't realize it was that many. Mm-hmm. Well, they're yeah, novellas. Okay, if I could actually name them in order. Assassin's Victim, Assassin's Rival, Assassin's Mark, Assassin's Lover, Assassin's Avenger, Assassin's Mentor. Oh, fuck, what's number seven? It's so adorable when you curse. Isn't it precious? <laughs> I don't remember the name of number seven. Um, Assassin's... Creed. That's all I'm <laughs> That's what I was actually thinking. Uh, yeah. um, number, oh, 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 no. Seven is um, Assassin's... No, it's not. Assassin's? Number, no, it's not. Because number eight is Assassin's Deity. Uh, number nine that just came out is Assassin's Keeper. And number ten is Assassin's... 
Because I haven't released the title yet. <laughs> you heard me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Fuck, what is number seven? I don't know. I don't, I don't remember. remember. It's bothering the shit on me now. Where's my phone? Google it. Uh, I don't need to Google. I can go to my own website. Or I can just look <laughs> it up. Your website. Oh. AFGrappin.com. Ask Aaron questions while I look this up because okay. it's bothering me. What are we going to ask me? How has having kids changed your creativity? It or is fostering it in the... Assassin's Tool. God damn tool. it. <laughs> um, How big is the assassin's tool? I thought maybe that was a description of the Nine and three quarters. <laughs> That's its nickname. The platform. <laughs> <laughs> Call it the octagon. <laughs> Shut up. Ouch. <laughs> anyway, kids. How is kids... Okay, being a stay-at-home mom has meant that... My entire life, until I found more creativity, was devoted to get up, wipe butts, wipe noses, fee. I, I homeschool as well, so schoolwork, cooking, grocery shopping, cleaning. And before coming, before coming to my first Balticon, it was getting to the point of, I need something for me. I need me back. I mean, I had always sewn. I had always knitted. Um, every every now and then interspersed in there, I was able to do a show whenever my, my husband's work allowed. So whether I was just choreographing for it, which I choreographed a show three weeks. I started rehearsals for it three weeks after my second was born. Oh, that was Romeo and Juliet, wasn't it? No, 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 no. no, that, no was... That, that was a, a music review. Yeah, yeah, But I yeah. did choreography for that three weeks after my second was born because I, I needed to do things for me. So kind of I, from when the... Around the, with the first one, too? Yeah, with, with, the, you kind with of put my yourself first, on hold? With my first, I worked until I was about halfway through my pregnancy with my second. Um, I was not a stay-at-home mom with my first until she was almost two. Um, and then when we moved, we figured out it was going to be more practical and less expensive for me to just no longer be bringing in an in- income. But also not be paying daycare. But also not be paying for daycare. Yeah. So it was kind of a financial thing that made me be a stay-at-home mom. But I was realizing I was starting to lose myself in it. Completely lose myself in I was a mom. My identity was, was, it was disappearing. It was rough to watch, honestly. Um, and uh, the sewing, the knitting, occasionally doing a show, it was all temporary. I wasn't, I wasn't getting anything back from it, really. It was fun while it lasted, but then there was still the screaming kid to pick up. You know, it was... It was and they're done so, yep. yep, you get it. You absolutely get it. And uh, postpartum depression is real. Very, very real. I managed. Also been there, done that. <laughs> I was fortunate enough that I didn't need better living through pharmacy. I was able to combat it with other things, but... Um, a lot of it in a crazy best friend. <laughs> a lot of it because I had a crazy best friend who said, hey, come to Balticon with me. And that was when things started turning around for me. When I started... Re- when my husband looked at me and said, do something for you, please... Go to this convention. Go and, and honestly, my first Balticon, I hid in the room and I slept a lot. She did. Because I had about three, three and a half years to catch up on of needing to just be me and be left alone and not have someone hanging off of me. And, and when my husband said that to me, do something for you, please. That was my turnaround point. And that was... Not all that long after that, after that Balticon, you were writing more, and I was helping edit with some stuff. We started brainstorming again. We had kind of lost our tradition of, since we lived together, uh, we could no longer do what we used to do, where I would go to Gus's apartment, end up crashing there, even though we lived right across the way from each other. 
and brainstorm on a book project or something. It had nothing to do with me. It was one of Gus's books. But I would lose myself in that. Well, once we started... That's the best kind of brainstorming because you don't have a stake in it. Exactly. You don't judge things. Mm -hmm. So it it was me like being an editor, but pre-editing. Just being like, please don't go down that road. That has been done in this, 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 and this. You know, helping with that creative process. Well, once we lived together again, it was only disappearing to Gus's bedroom. And if I heard a kid crying out there, even though my husband was there, I was still mom. I was still in the... If if I'm still in my house. Yeah, you twitch. It's just... (laughs) I still hear it. It's still there. There was no escape whatsoever. So coming to Balticon triggered my, I, I, I like this. I need to get out. I need to do things for me. This needs to happen. And we started brainstorming again more. And then the podcast started. And then the chain mail started taking off. And I realized, wait a minute, I can do this. Doing chain mail is like a therapy session for me. I am literally bending things to my will. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. and, and especially now that I'm working in stainless steel and titanium, I am bending hard things to my will. <laughs> but it, I was designing again. I was creating again. And since becoming family with John Walker, I am now also working on, a, it'll be a collection, like a vignette style book. It was a collection of short stories, but they're connected, of the main character in his book's mother. Is oh. the character that I'm writing. And I've already gotten one of them done, and he's completely freaking out. He loves it so much. Uh, he's mad at me that I didn't have it finished for this Balticon, but I said, I'm sorry. We had to build up chainmail stock. We're doing more shows, more conventions, and we needed to have enough stock. So I'm like, now that we've got this good stock, unless we sell it all, which by the way, go buy stuff. Um, I'm going to be able to start writing on that again. So it's like connecting with people who. I've been invited to be on other podcasts. I recorded for Supervillain Corner. Um, I recently read a story for Nobilis for a short story collection. That's awkward. Recording erotica. Recording erotica is one of the most awkward things I've done. But I was the one who originally recorded Monster Whisper. Trust me, I'm aware. I I was I was awkward for about the first paragraph or two, and then I realized, okay, this is fun. What's What's fun is that I was directing her, so we're in my closet. We are literally in my closet. And I'm sitting here, and I'm talking about, and then his penis, and I'm like, and my best friend is right. This is fun. (laughs) So um, I've been on Voice of Free Planet X. We did that when uh, Jadzia was still going by Jared um, and did that through Skype and got to do that. That's one of my favorite voice acting things I've ever done. We've dubbed that voice Valley Girl. Because we were on the Time Traveler episode, so I got to do my Russian accent. She got to be Valley Girl. Got to be, like, totally Valley Girl, and it was, like, the most amazing thing ever. But but we had fun with that, and then I got to do Voice of Free Planet X here again. But so it's not – now it's not just Gus who's being my enabler and making me take those leaps and everything – so it's like now Balticon has become my yearly refresher to help wash away the imposter syndrome. The imposter syndrome that keeps you from creating. It keeps you from putting yourself out there and doing things. Like um, I uh, actually edited Doc Coleman's latest short story collection for him. Yeah, Shining Cog. Uh, Shining Cog. Um, I did the editing for that for him. So more people are starting to ask, hey, can you do this voice for this? Um, if Hugh O'Donnell... Uh, gets around to it, I may be doing... Um, I don't think he's announced that. He hasn't announced that. I may be doing something for him. So that may be happening. There's more people pulling that out. So that has 
really, really helped me shake past the I'm just a mom identity. But it's also been good for my kids to see because that's the kind of example I want to set, especially for my daughters. My daughters who love children and who have, my, my oldest has actually talked about how after seeing me have a baby, she doesn't want to give birth. She wants to adopt. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, not, um, not really a bad thought right there. I know. <laughs> Childbirth without pain pets. Uh-huh. But anyway, <laughs> um, I want to set that example for my kids of being a parent. Yes, I would give anything for my kids. I would do anything for them. I would give up all of this if it was what they needed. But I want to show them you don't have to. That their dad is, number one, their dad is more than capable of being at home with them and taking care of them, doing everything I do. There's no sexism there. There's no issue there. He... Them seeing him being encouraging of me to go out and do my thing. That being their That's mom. That's probably one of the biggest lessons. Yeah, being their mom is not my only identity. And the, the kids have actually been in the podcast. Yeah. They, they are called the junior chefs. The girls have done voices for one. Um, they've they, hosted. They've hosted an episode, <laughs> uh, which was fun. A lot they, of coaching. A lot of coaching there. But, um, but not only is it helping me having all of these creative outlets and, and meeting all of these people who I see V back there nodding with the moms and people who understand who I am and what it is I need and, and, and know what to say. Just, yes, you are more than that. You are more. Not only is it good for me, but it is good for my children to see, to see that, yes, I'm their mom. And yes, I, I day to day oh, I, life, I, it's all about them. I agree wholeheartedly. I mean, my, my, mm-hmm. I was just talking to the, the previous interview I did that when I came to my mm-hmm. first Balticon, I had my knitting in my hand as my security blanket mm-hmm. the entire time. You were making your security blanket. <laughs> I was making my, my security sock. I was knitting my security sock mm-hmm. because that gave me a, literally a touchstone. It's an anchor. To yeah. ground me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and it was okay to be meeting. I mean, I... I you notice what I keep doing? Oh. Twisting mm-hmm. and pulling. Oh, yeah. I'm always pulling. I'm anchoring. Now. It's an anchor. Mm-hmm. But I, I had met I, all these... I mean, it was dozens of people on Twitter... Mm-hmm. And Baldacom was meeting them face to face, and it's yeah. it's it's a flood, and it's it was well. I had my human scavenger list. The first year mm-hmm. was like fifty people, uh huh. And the next but year I was keep... probably like I you know had some people I never got to, and you know yeah. added to it. The next year was maybe thirty, and I, I think the third year was like a dozen, mm-hmm. and I really didn't do it again until this year. I had a couple of people I was really like I have to meet you, mm-hmm. and of course when I posted that, then John says, I know we've met, but it sounds fun to be hunted. <laughs> fine you're on the list <laughs> but but I get exactly where you're coming from because my biggest fear was speaking in public mm-hmm. and it took me 2010 was my first Balticon I didn't start participating until 2014 oh wow yeah. um, and so that year was the first few years were just you know panels <laughs> and I could stick to editing or whatever I you know was yeah. new well yeah and then years. I said I want to I want to moderate mm-hmm and I like that even better because I got to ask the questions instead of having to, you know, because I don't think fast on my feet. And someone else go, oh, I don't know. Uh, I think a little too fast sometimes and my mouth runs away with me. No, two years ago was... But this is the best. Yeah. Two years ago was my first time being on panels because the, the year before that was one I couldn't come to because I was extremely pregnant and nobody wanted to be around me then. I was not a happy person. Um, <laughs> but... Um, but that was my first year being on panels, and it was also my first year moderating. And I got to moderate 
It was one of the most fun panels ever. It was great. Um, but uh, I found out how much I loved it. I, I had mm-hmm. big time imposter syndrome because I'm like, these people, I mean, these are professionals. Who am I to be guiding this and telling them what to do? But I figured out. Oh, I, I learned I, the fake until you make it long before that. Well, I figured out, number one, I'm a chronic list maker. So making <laughs> lists and having things written out and being prepared for it means I'm not going to do my, uh, uh, Aaron's goofy, woohoo, kind of alter ego that comes out when I'm not prepared and I get terrified. <laughs> um, but I found that. I liked it because if I had all that written out, I had done my research. I knew who these people were. And then were. you don't need it. I don't need to think on my feet. They get to do that. Right. I ask them the question. And as long as I watch the time, make sure everybody gets a chance to talk, get audience questions in, this is the greatest thing ever. Oh, I love This is my... the greatest thing ever. Well, yeah. <laughs> but, Which I am but now no, well aware of. She keeps pointing at me when she says that. I know. But putting myself out there being on panels when I felt like, oh, why, why am I on this panel? I don't know. But somebody felt like I was worthy. Somebody felt like I was the right person to be on it and yep. put me on the programming. So you know what? You give it your all, and I've, I've had a blast doing it. I describe Balticon as my Christmas, New Year's, 4th of July, mm-hmm. birthday, and family reunion all in one. Yeah, yeah. it really is. It's awesome. And it's it just, yeah. This is the best thing ever. It is. She keeps pointing at me. <laughs> and then back at myself because. Let's Tell you what, be let's ask. Because so, we were just one thing. Let's ask the questions now from the, the okay. questionnaire. Okay. okay. And then we'll have some first. time for the audience for questions. Yeah. So, what is your favorite punctuation mark? My favorite is the Oxford comma. <laughs> you can pry it from my cold. Dead, dead hands. <laughs> uh, mine's uh, probably an ellipsis. Yes. That's one of my other ones. Yeah, I that love, was my I second. I love the ellipsis. Although semicolon might be my absolute favorite. I do love a good semicolon. When it's properly used. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Uh, what punctuation mark do you hate? Colon. Colon. Because nobody colon. uses them right. <laughs> <laughs> um, what's your favorite food or flavor? Vanilla. Vanilla or lime are my favorite. Hot sauce. Green Tabasco. So spicy. I, I got her will, a gallon of it one year. I will drink a it honestly. Gallon? I feel a I feel a cold coming oh, on, and I will literally do a shot of yeah. that stuff and help flush everything out for the heat. There is nothing I there like was, better than than spicy. There was one Christmas when I got her. It was a half gallon. It was a half of, gallon of the green Tabasco, and I had it under the tree. And she's like, "What is this?" I'm like, "Just open it." She goes, <gasps> "It lasted what? Two months? Three months? Four? It lasted four. Oh, but God. I went out of town. And then we got her. And then, and then we got her another one. <laughs> what food or flavor do you hate? Cilantro. Turnips. It's, it's poison. Ooh. Cilantro is poison. Turnips. What's your favorite curse word? Damn hell ass. Nah, it's probably damn. Just straight damn. My, although I say fuck more. I guess I say damn. That's for my speci- favorite word in the English language. I guess I say damn for special occasions. The one I use the most is shit. <laughs> but your fa- but-, but my favorite is, is one that I just randomly started saying, and my husband laughs so hard. Schnit pickles. <laughs> I don't know where it came from, why I say it, but that's that and twat waffle. That was like twat waffle. I love twat waffle. <laughs> I love twat waffle. <laughs> what turns you on? Somebody, this is going to sound so narcissistic, but being loved. I've had, I've, I've, I've fought with so much 
insecurity my entire life that I still fight with. And I can't handle somebody telling me that they love me. I legitimately just can't handle it. Oh. What turns me on? Theo. My husband? <laughs> um, honestly, whether it's a guy, it doesn't matter. Someone else who's nurturing. Okay. Someone else who, who sees a person in need and takes care of them without making them feel this big. I don't want someone who makes you a charity case. I want someone who makes you feel loved. Right. And that is such a huge turn on for me to see someone with a big heart like that. So Dave Robinson. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> what turns you off? Dave Robinson. No. Um, <laughs> Dave Robinson. Deliberate unintelligence. Ignorance. Willful ignorance. Willful, willful ignorance. Ig- yes. Yeah. I was using synonyms because yeah, then the willfully ignorant people wouldn't understand it. <laughs> oh, dear God. <laughs> yes. My, my turn off, biggest turn off, is someone who goes to someone else who is a professional and then tries to tell them how to do their job. Uh. <laughs> that actually happened down at the dealer table earlier. Someone tried yeah. to tell T. Morris, of all people, that there's an editorial problem in one of his books. T. Morris. Yeah. To his face. Yeah. And that's one of the biggest so problems. fucking is, the, is what you're saying. Pretty much, yeah. Yeah. What place that you've never been to do you most want to visit? Austria. That's where my family is from. I want to see it. Ireland. That's another one. I'm primarily, ancestry-wise, Scots-Irish, and Ireland has Amazingly always Amazingly enough, I just me. found out in the last year that I'm rather Irish. I, I found out a few years ago that I'm one eighth Swiss and didn't realize. I'm one thirty second Blackfoot. I am just English, Irish, as white as white can be. <laughs> um, I have the tiniest bit of not white, and I cling to it. <laughs> I was, you know, hoping for that, and was like, oh. <laughs> what uh, place that you've been to? Do you never want to set foot in again? The college that I went to that ended up screwing me over. <laughs> God, um, her presence. <laughs> yeah, it within the physical presence of my last girlfriend. <laughs> Wherever that happens to right. be. Honestly, honestly, um, and this isn't really as a matter of detesting as just the memories associated with, but the James K. Polk home in the town where we grew up, because that's when one of our dates was. Yeah, President James K. Polk is from where we grew up. Oh, so. yeah, okay. and so there's a historic that his home is as a museum, and you get tours there. And she and I went. It's never happened again. <laughs> Where are you most content? That's the final question. Bathroom. <laughs> um, um, honestly, just in my head. Oh. Because there's just so much possibility in there, and they know me there. They know you there. They like you there. Here. Honestly, not, here. I mean, not Baltimore, just Balticon. Balticon. It's with, amongst amongst your tribe. Yeah. Your family of choice. Among my tribe. I mean, obviously, at home with my kid, with my fit. Yeah, of course, that's the obvious answer. But when it comes to anything other than here, this, this, yeah. You're tearing up. No. Okay. <laughs> Anyone have any questions for Gus or Aaron? Or both of them? I was going to say they know us too well and have questions. Yeah. They probably already asked. I've got a good one. Oh, Uh-oh. shit. Oh, that's right. She you has... have to leave early. Run while you can. I have time for V. Okay, so you guys have known each other for... 20, 20 years? Over half our lives at this point. So, if no limit on materials, no limit on makeup props, it's a perfect cosplay for each other. 
Oh. Oh. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> yeah. Perfect oh, cosplay shit. for LeFou. You bitch. Oh. No, because you could sell the shit out of that. You could sing it. You could act it. You would take so on live musical. Are you doing live version? Like, do the Josh Gad. Oh, the Josh Gad. Yes. Okay, nice. I can deal with that. Uh huh. Um, General Leia Organa. Nice. General. General. Not princess. Not bikini Leia. No. No, General. She could the like full on prosthetics. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Seven or eight. Eight. Or seven. 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 Mm-hmm. I changed my hair. <laughs> and I sobbed all through any scene with Carrie in it. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I liked that. That was that was awesome. a good question. Seriously, asking us questions about each other is always. Uh huh. Yeah. We honestly <laughs> ask we, us to spill the beans on each other. We'll do no, it. We've played this game for twenty years. Where we'll just randomly we have nothing to talk about. We're just in each other's friends. Like okay, question game, and we just start coming up with random shit. We just do random. twenty years. That that it's we still we still do it. do it, and we still learn new. We things. just we just found out last year that oh, we that, that we <laughs> both, and this is really really weird, have a tendency to want to eat notebook paper. When when what? like you tear a page out of a notebook and it's got the, the, the little edges, dealies? we we peel those off, and we both have a tendency to like fold it up as tight as you can and then bite it, and it snaps. And but but then it, it's soggy. It's in your mouth, so you, you just. It's eat like it. it's like eating a sucker a, stu- a, a sucker st- uh, stick. It, it's it's. Yeah, it's I know, but it's still weird. But we still yeah, do it. Yeah, yeah. Kids who like when they had the zebra striped gum, you ate it with the wrapper. I I have yeah. done that. Yes. Oh, yes. We're also the children who had Elmer's glue and would paint our hands. And, and then, then peel try to get it off in one piece if you can. Oh, that's the I best thing that. ever because it feels so well, good. That, yeah, that's back a sensory hand. thing yep. for me. Yep. Yeah, it does in the back of my hand. You were old enough to remember mimeographing. Oh, I do. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. no, see, we were born in the 80s. Yeah. You were born in the Sorry. 80s? I was born in 84. She was born in 87. I got your high school in 83. I'm technically old enough to be your mom. Yeah. It's okay. Someone mistook mom. me for T's daughter. <laughs> so now I'm calling him dad. Yep. Yep. Come on, bring it on, guys. What else you got? This is fun. I was going to say, I need to get down to the dealer yeah. room. Okay. I need to go Wait till she's tea. out of the room and then I'll give you dirt on her. <laughs> <laughs> you can't possibly be surprised. Remember, we're sharing a room and this is being recorded. Yeah. Don't forget to bring those books to the book launch. <laughs> I'm trying to do oh, wait, 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 wait. Real quick. Real quick. What am I real quicking? I'm real quick. Oh. <laughs> what the fuck was that? That was my happy face. Oh, it came out good. It's all right. Have fun in the dealer's room. I'd forget my head. Yes. All right, what do you want to know? <laughs> what you really like. Thing Aaron has done. Oh, the stupidest thing she has done. Done. Uh, she broke her her fourth metatarsal stepping on a pillow. <laughs> Here, okay, here's what happened. She was she was pregnant with her second born. This is when she and Theo were living in their apartment. Um, their first born was a little over a year old. Aaron is is home alone with the with the the baby, and Theo, unbeknownst to Aaron, got off work early. 
went and got a bottle of, not a bottle of wine because she was pregnant, but, you know, went and got like some chocolates or cake or something like that. I'm going to surprise her. So she's sitting in the living room with her one-year-old, few weeks pregnant, and the door starts to open. She jumps up, slams the door closed, locks it, so pulls a chain across the door. Turns around to grab her child, take her in the bedroom, and like call 911. Steps on a pillow, falls, breaks her foot. Oh, in the meantime, a key is put into the door, unlocks it, door opens, chain. He cannot get in. So she has to get up, on move the, the chain. Foot. I think I broke my foot. <laughs> we were supposed to do her first 5K like two weeks after that. Oh, that did not happen. <laughs> Has she done a 5K since? Uh, no. No, I'm the only one that's actually done any races. <laughs> yeah, it's probably one of the dumbest things she's ever done, other than becoming friends with me. I was going to say, what's the most embarrassing thing she's ever done or said? But I had... Freaking because the door... I, I can understand that, though. Yeah, she's done all the freaking shit. What else you got? Anything else? What's the dumbest thing you've ever done? Who, me? That would be my last girlfriend. <laughs> that would be my last girlfriend. Actually, it's a great question for you, too. So... Oh, no. I'm taking... Well, I fall off my feet. <laughs> I've done that on multiple occasions and broken my ankles. Separate occasions. Literally fall off my feet. You better stay away from pillows. Yeah, stay away from, Keep pillows off the floor. Yeah, but to this day, I mean, like I said, that the child that she was pregnant with at the time is now six and a half. And to this day, we if there's a pillow on the floor, everybody takes a wide berth around it. <laughs> Don't, just stay away from pillows on the floor. Pillows do not go on the floor. Did you slip on, out of, from under her foot? Or? Uh, something like that. She, like, hit it and her foot curled and she went down and Oof. fractured her toe. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for coming. Thank you. My pleasure. Then tell Erin said thank you. It was lovely. Don't tell her I told you the foot story, although she would have told you that herself anyway. <laughs> thank you for listening to the Melting Podcast. You can check out our website with submission guidelines and current prompts at themeltingpodcast.com. You can also find us on Twitter at Melting Podcast. Or you can email us themeltingpodcast at gmail.com The Melting Podcast is released under a Creative Commons attribution, non-commercial no derivatives license which means you're free to copy it and share it as long as you don't change it, don't sell it and always link back to the website Sound effects are by the Free Sound Project And our theme is by Drew Rich Creek. Send us stuff! stuff.